there's really no race between SpaceX or anybody else. They're doing their own thing. And the only race they have is the race to the moon, the HLS program. So they have to be ready around 2024 for the HLS program. But there's really no rush to get any sort of timeline underway for SpaceX to launch this thing, even by the end of this year. I mean, it's a 400-foot-tall rocket. The thrust is unmatched. It is the biggest, most amazing rocket that will ever fly when it does fly. So there's really no reason for them to rush through all of these tests. Take your time. Elon says July. Elon also said September of last year when I moved to Starbase. And that never happened. <laughs> so I'm assuming sometime... This year, that's what I'm going to be TBD on launch time, launch date TBD. And I'm hoping, I really am hoping that sometime in August, maybe September would be great too, um, that we get a launch of this thing. So we'll see, you know, we'll pretty much see what happens with Starship Booster 7, Ship 24, where they're doing... Uh, pressure tests for the next couple days. Um, there's some road closures coming up. For let me take a look at these, make sure they didn't um, change at all. 29th is a possible closure. The 30th possible closure. July 5th possible closure. That's an alternative date after the June 30th possible closure. July 6th. So they're going to have from June 30th. They're going to take a break for. I think they're going to take a like a you know a five day break for Independence Day celebrations and things like that from testing. So if they do get things done by Thursday, June thirtieth, July fifth and sixth, alternative dates for possible other testing, either ambient pressure tests or cryo tests moving forward. And Elon has said a few times that SpaceX doesn't intend to blast all 33 Raptors at the same time for a pressure or for a uh, static fire test. So we can see in the future. I don't know if it's going to be, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm torn. What's going to happen first. Are they going to be doing a static fire test before a full stack? So what do you guys think? Let me know. I know there's like 60 people here in the chat. So let me know what you think in the chat. If they're going to do a static fire test first, or if they're going to do a full stack test. Because without the two things fitting together, there's no reason to static fire them. But it also goes the other way. If the static fire doesn't even matter because it failed, you know, or if they, you know, something like that, like there's no reason to stack them up. And we've seen, you know, uh, 420, Booster 4, Ship 20, they stacked. There was no real static fire of, ever, of anything. I mean, there was, there was static fire of the ship and stuff, but there was no real big-time static fire, and then they stacked them up, they did a fit test, and that was it. You know? So, I don't know what the, I don't know what the series of events will be. And we're all kind of hoping that it's a static fire, because it would be pretty sweet to see a static fire happen. Um, but let's just... I don't know. We need to... Uh, we need to figure this one out. So let me know what you think in the in the chat, in the comments. 
Do you think it'll be static fire first? Do you think they're going to do a full stack first? Because it would be pretty sweet to have a full stack of Starship again. 400-ish feet tall. The rocket, from my experience at Starbase, for hundreds of days, um, it's the most immaculate thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm a spaceflight enthusiast. I have been since I was a little kid. My whole family worked in, um, in the industry. Um, my dad was an engineer. He built parts of the space shuttle, uh, parts of some other rockets that NASA was building. My grandfather also worked in the industry and, um, he did the same, not the same thing. He was an engineer. He was like a top level engineer at the, uh, the company that I worked for. And, um, he also worked on some early NASA stuff. So uh, it's in my blood. But I really, I would love to see this next generation of spaceflight happen in our lifetimes. You know, like I think it's going to be a long time, a very long time before we actually have like a sustainable moon base. Um, you know, NASA just released some figures. Uh, let's see, a couple days ago, Artemis One launch this year, hopefully. And Eric Berger says they want to do it um, in August between the, the August and September dates. So um, SLS Block 1 with Orion. It's an uncrewed test flight around the moon. That should happen by the end of this year if everything goes well. right? So if we can get the SLS rocket back to the vehicle assembly bay, bring it back out, they're not going to do another... Um, they're not going to do any more tests on it. They're just going to launch it. <laughs> which is crazy. That's the literally the biggest rocket that's ever flown. So if NASA gets the SLS off the pad and flying towards the moon to fly around the moon, that'll be the biggest rocket ever flown, most powerful rocket ever flown until Starship flies. Right? And then Starship will take the lead and then We'll see what happens from there. Are they going to make a bigger starship? Or is Jeff Bezos and Blue Origin going to step in and be like, hey, we got these BE-4 engines. Like, let's hook it up. Let's make a gigantic rocket. Even bigger than their proposed rockets. Make a, a different big rocket. A different big, big, big rocket. <laughs> Maybe that's what they'll call it. The big, big, big rocket. I'm not sure. But it would be kind of funny if they did. So we'll see what happens. But... Uh, fiscal year of 2023, nothing planned for the SLS. Nothing. There's there's nothing on the books. Artemis 2 in 2024, if all goes well, SLS Block 1, Orion, there's going to be a crew test flight around the moon. So the time between 2022 and 2024, they're going to take all the data from 2022, figure out everything that went wrong, things that went right, things that went perfect, things they didn't expect that were really great and things they didn't expect that went really bad. They're going to take all that data, put it together and make fixes for the Artemis two mission and also train astronauts for their crewed test flight around the moon in 2024. If that doesn't go well, Artemis two could possibly be pushed back to 2025. And this is a, po a huge possibility because uh, this, that rocket has never flown. Uh, that's what I keep telling everybody. Um, and people, people have to, kind of understand how the how the process works you know at some point these things are these are just test rockets there's no guarantee of anything at all they've never flown before 
SLS has never flown before. Starship has never flown before. Uh, the Starship ships have flown, but a fully stacked Starship has never flown before. There's never even been a static fire of a booster with 33 Raptor 2 engines. So this is uncharted territory. This is still research and development at this point. This isn't a full product. So seeing where they are now compared to where they were last year at this point, it's absolutely insane. But seeing where they're going to be a year from now compared to where they are now, holy cow, it's going to be absolutely mind-bending to see what happens there. My plan is to get back there. My plan is to get back down to Texas at some point, probably stay a couple months, get a bunch of footage, go down there and just experience uh, Boca Chica again. I liked my time there. I thought it was great. It's um, there's There's some people that I really enjoyed hanging out with down there. And that was pretty cool. Um, but the cool thing was, Hey, I could go see starship any day I wanted to. And most days I did, uh, unless it was like 105 degrees out, which is most, <laughs> which is a lot of the time. So you'd kind of have to plan either go in the morning or go at night when it's 95 instead of 105. So you kind of get used to the heat. And then, uh, I would love to get back there. What's up, pretty. How you doing? So the, uh, you know, the there was a ambient pressure test yesterday of Starship Booster 7. And there's possible testing all night tonight. So we'll see what happens in the next couple hours. See what happens to Starship Booster. This show is brought to you by Backblaze. I use Backblaze to back up my podcast, my video files all of my writing stuff and all my photos. And you get unlimited computer backup for Macs and PCs for just $7 a month. You can back up your own documents, photos, videos, drawings, projects, all of your data and access your backed up data from anywhere in the world using the web app. And you can access the files on your mobile too. iOS, Android apps, all covered. And this is the cool part. This is my favorite part. You can restore it by mail. A hard drive will come to your house with all your data shipped to your door, it could come to your business too. And you can restore return refund program. So you can buy a hard drive restore, send the hard drive back within 30 days and get a full refund. So basically they ship you this hard drive and then you ship it back and you don't ever pay for it, which is the perfect program for somebody who has huge files and you don't want to waste days and days downloading terabytes and teraflops of data. And if you're worried about accidentally deleting your files, two bucks extra a month, you can increase your retention history to one year. And I use it for all of my video files. It comes in super handy. So $7 plus $2, $9 a month, and you get everything backed up. Ease of mind for up to a year. And if you use the URL backblaze.com slash Elon, you get a fully featured 15 day, no credit card required free trial. Check it out. Play with it. Start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Back your stuff up. It's recommended by the New York Times, Inc., Macworld, PC World, LifeWire, Wired, Tom's Guide, 9to5Mac, and more. And it's recently been listed on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange under BLZE, so you know they're legit. Backblaze is committed more than ever to bringing easy and affordable data storage that you can trust. Don't be that person that forgot to back up their important files. We've got your back. Sign up for a free 15-day trial. No credit card required. Go there, sign up, play with it. It's really powerful and it's really easy to use. So go to backblaze.com slash Elon. Backblaze.com slash Elon. 
backblaze.com slash Elon. And hopefully we can get some more information about the next you know, few days, what's going to be happening with the test cycle. Because like I was saying before, there's might not be a static fire for a little while. Might not be another static fire. And it's possible that we have to wait a couple weeks for a static fire. And that's fine. When hop. Oh, early 22. Pretty. I have to fix that. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Early. Let's switch it to early 2023. I totally forgot about that one. Thank you for finding uh, finding that out, though. I'll fix that right now for you. Let's go, Nightbot. Do your thing. All right, then we'll we'll figure it out. But yeah, the um, if you have any questions, let me know. Also, you know, let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about you know the hop time. Like, when are they going to fly this thing? Late. There we go. I'll switch early to late. And we will be on site. We will be on site for the launch of Starship. So please, if you aren't subscribed yet, make sure to hit the subscribe button. It takes a couple seconds. It's free. It lets YouTube know that you're interested in Starship content, too. So they'll funnel more Starship content to you, which is really neat. And also, if you leave a comment or chat, they'll know that you're more interactive with this kind of stuff and that you really like Starship. So they'll funnel all the good Starship content to you, which is Really cool. I do the same thing. If I see a good Starship video, I'll like it. I give it a thumbs up. It's a nice way to tell the creator, hey, we appreciate you. And also, hey, YouTube, I like this stuff. So please feed me more. And we love Starship stuff. So anything we can get, we're Starship addicts. So if you could give it, could we get up to 60 likes? Is that a possibility? We're at 59 right now. Could one person hit the like button? Make it a round number. That'd be great. Um, Eric Berger. Let's see. What did he say here? I'm gonna I'm gonna quote his tweet uh, from earlier. Gotta find it though. But it's about Starship and when it'll launch. Um, NASA says they plan to roll the SLS back to the VAB on July 1st. There will then be six to eight weeks of work or more if inspections uncover issues before the SLS can be rolled back to the pad for launch attempt. So we have six to eight weeks from a couple days from now. So today's the 28th. If we get to the 30th, then the next day, the 1st, they're rolling it back to the VAB July 1st. We'll have coverage of that too if we're if it's available online. And um, we will... See if they uncover any issues, and then they'll move it back out from the VAB to the pad. And then from there, they'll launch this thing, which is pretty crazy. Um, NASA's Tom Whitmire says the agency is not ready to set a launch date yet. More review is needed, and the date likely won't be announced for a few weeks. The first two possible windows are August 23rd through September 6th. So do you think Starship will beat SLS? August 23rd through September 6th. That is if they roll this thing back to the VAB and they don't find anything crazy wrong with it. Could they be pushing out SLS August 23rd? 
could they be launching it on August 23rd or there, like somewhere around there? And could SpaceX possibly make it before August 23rd? They still have to do a full stack. Starship still has to do a full stack. Um, they have to do pressure testing. They have to basically test all the pipes as well for the internal, the internals of Starship and the internals of the booster. They have to test the internals when booster and Starship are stacked. They have to do possibly another cryo test, a full stack cryo test. They have possibly have to do another cryo test of booster. And there's a possibility that in the future, you know, they're going to have to do more pressure tests. They're going to have to do more cryo tests. They could fail a test, you know, so there's a possibility Starship could be postponed until later this year, which is fine. You know, I'm I'm not urgent about this. I'm anxious to see this thing fly. I think it would be really great if this thing flew. But there's a possibility that we don't even get a launch of Starship until next year. It's a it's a it's a chance that we don't get a launch of Starship till next year. Elon said booster sh and ship will be ready by July, and that's totally totally okay. You know, um, could Starship fly in July? We don't know exactly what's going on with the pad either. Is the pad 100% done? Is it close enough to being done that they could launch with it? From what we've seen, they're getting, you know, as close as possible to a full launch, uh, launch tower, launch pad. And the QD arm, you know, they, they always do tests with the QD arm and the lift arms while they're, while they're waiting for other tests to happen. And they schedule those things. So, you know, we could have we could have a launch in July. I'm guessing. So this is my guess personally. I'm thinking September or October of this year. September, October of this year. I think, and this is a this is a this is not going to be good for a Starship <laughs> Starship daily stream here. But I think SLS is going to beat Starship to orbit. I think it's going to beat it. And I don't. I'm a, I'm a fan of both. I'm a fan of rocket flight you know, space flight. So me saying that SLS is might beat Starship to orbit isn't anything against Starship. It's just that SLS has a has done everything they need to do and they have a few small things to fix up before they actually launch it. So um you know they've verified the function of the interface between the Orion and the ground systems. Uh, they verified the function of interfaces between the SLS core stage and boosters with the ground systems. They verified the function of interfaces between the SLS upper stage with the ground systems. They verified the function of interfaces throughout the integrated SLS and Orion with the ground systems. Integrated the test of all SLS and Orion critical communication systems. They've tested the countdown commanding sequence with simulated countdown before rolling to the launch pad. They've uh, checked out the various SLS systems functions. They've checked out the SLS and Orion functionality with launchpad systems before and after rollout. They demonstrated tanking and detanking SLS with cryogenic uh, propellants at the launchpad. And the only thing that they need to do, as far as I know, is test and install the um, flight termination system, the FTS. So there's a possibility that all they have to do is take this thing back to the VAB, do a few changes, and then bring it back 
or take it to the yeah to the VAB and then bring it back to the pad. So LCLS Artemis One may fly before Starship. Have the FAA finally given the all clear? Been away, Debs. They have done the they've cleared environmental so far. The FAA has not cleared them for flight for Starship. Yeah, and the other thing about SLS is that the SRBs they go stale. Uh, which could delay the flight too. And I'm not exactly sure the time of the, of when these SRB rocket engines go stale, uh, but they do have a shelf date, which is weird. You wouldn't think that a rocket would have a shelf date, but they do. I'm not exactly sure what that shelf date is. So I'll have to, um, I'll have to see. But this is an uncrewed flight around the moon and back. So there's no launch date quite yet, but there's a possibility that we get it, um, you know, we get it before we get Starship. But they're making progress. Starship is making progress since they moved the booster from the bay to the pad. I mean, it's 32 or 33 Raptor 2 engines. It was crazy. This is this is an insane feat. Super heavy rocket lifted by Mechazilla. Now we know that the Mechazilla arms can can pick up a full booster. Full of Raptor 2s, 33 Raptor 2s. So if the booster survives the pressure tests and potential static fires coming up, um you know, it's possible that the Raptor 2 engines are good. And we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. And if the static fire is perfect, these Raptor 2s, as much as they're better than the Raptor 1s, they're a better design, they're a sleeker design, less moving parts. Everything is more integrated, more thrust. It's a better engine altogether. Now, if something happens to the Raptor 2 engines, though, if, if something were to happen during these static fires, they would have to postpone another static fire until they figure out what went wrong with these engines. And by the way, this is an R&D mission. So research and development for Starship, um, you know, the, the timeline is very flexible. So as much as Elon loves to push people to do work very fast and work very hard starship you know might not launch till next year will the tiles stay on after a static fire uh, that's another thing will the tiles stay on of uh, ship 24 during the static fire will it shake it enough that the that the heat tiles stay on and the answer is maybe I guess at this point, because we don't really know because it's never static fired Raptor twos on that thing. A full ensemble of Raptor twos. So there's still a lot of work to do. You know, when are they going to bring ship 24 down to the pad? You know, we believe the Raptors are almost installed on ship 24. So, could be the next few days that all the Raptors installed. Could be possibly tonight. And then since since the booster 
is going through a lot of tests. There's no overpressure um, warnings quite yet, so we don't think there's going to be a static fire because they usually do that at least one day beforehand, before the uh, the static fire test. So we don't think it's going to happen this week. But if it's possible for it to happen in the next, you know, next two weeks, um, will they risk ship 24 down at the pad? You know, why would they bring ship 24 down there if something were to happen to the booster, booster seven, you know, if something, uh, they have a rud on the pad, something goes horribly wrong and debris hits the ship. You know, they, I don't know if they're going to risk it. I mean, it's pretty far away. You can, you can put a ship down there and a booster down there. They're pretty far away. But if it were a catastrophic rud, if something were to just, everything goes wrong, you know, shrapnel everywhere. There's been reports of shrapnel seven miles away on the beach of South Padre Island from uh, an earlier ride. I think it was uh, maybe a ship eight, maybe eight or nine. I can't remember which one it was um, off the top of my head, but there were, there were reports that there was shrapnel on the beach from one of these runs seven miles away. So maybe they should keep it in the bay when they do these <laughs> the static fire. You know what I'm saying? Like that makes sense. That would make a little bit more sense. I'm glad everybody's here today. Thank you so much for the 72 likes. I really do appreciate it. 73 likes that just happened. Um, I appreciate all of your support, guys. I really do. I've been doing this channel for about three and a half years. Uh, I had to take a quick break for the last uh, month. It kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, I've been re I, I moved back up north uh, from Texas, from Starbase to uh, New York again. I'm taking care of my dad. And um, so I had to kind of get everything in line. So I appreciate everybody stopping by and hanging out and being part of this community because we're growing 88,000 members or subscribers, I should say, not members, because that would be insane amount of members, 88,000 subscribers. And I appreciate every single one of you. So if you want to, if you want to support um, spaceflight journalism, independent spaceflight journalism, I'm a solo operation here. Been doing it for three and a half years. Like I said, started with nothing, and you know ha have a pretty cool thing going on now. So thank you everybody for all that support. If you want to support, just give it a like. That's it. Maybe hit a subscribe button. Takes a second, and also shows YouTube that you are interested in uh, spaceflight content. So. Thanks, everybody, for all your support. Ron Trader, what's up? How you doing today, man? We are in the midst of possible testing today. Of uh, Booster. Booster 7. Looks like the tank, tank farb right now is spooled up. The roads are closed. Looks like they're going to be doing another ambient pressure test at this point. There's still cranes at the booster, though, which is a weird thing. A human crane. A human lift.
usually they bring all those things down while they're doing these tests. They could be doing uh, pressure tests for um, something else as well, you know. Looks like we have some booster seven venting as well. So it looks like they're doing some pressure tests at this point. Don't see much cryo freeze. Don't see any cryo freeze actually at this point. So I don't think it's going to be cryoing right away. Could just be a pressure test. Like I was saying before, you know, these things take time. Um, I've seen I've seen boosters with my own eyes tested for three, four weeks just to test the tanks, you know, um, just to test the the pipes, the piping, you know, everything from the tank farm that goes to the booster that goes to the launch tower, launch table. It's an impressive, impressive feat of engineering. Holy cow. You're fantastic, Ron. That's great. That's great. I am doing great, actually, Ron. I, I had a um, had a nice walk for lunch, which is pretty cool. I had a like, nice launch or launch a, a walk for lunch. I had like a mile and a half walk, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to get in shape, too. So this is a little side note from Rocket stuff. But I, I bought myself a bike um, because I want to get in shape and I enjoy um, I enjoy fast uh, scary things. <laughs> so getting them, I got a mountain bike. Well, it's a trail bike, but it has shocks and stuff. So I got one of those. It's pretty cool. So I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Tech Dan, what's up from Sweden? Yes. Very cool. Very, very cool. Can you imagine the pressure that's going to be on the bottom tank when 33 of those things light up? Oh my gosh. So that's the other thing. There's so much... There's so much going on internally for in Starship that this thing has to has to withstand the highest thrust of anything ever that's flown to space. So it, ha it has to withstand that. And the tanks inside, like all the things inside of it have to withstand the engines pushing it up, you know. Is it strong enough to withhold that that force that's going up? It's crazy how much force that's going to be. And if it's possible, I mean, it's going to be an insane, cool thing to watch. I'm gonna I'm gonna be there in person. I have to be there in person. If I don't get there, it's going to be the biggest letdown of my life. I think because I spent so much time on this. And uh, I got to see this launch man in the SLS launch. I'm I'm planning on an SLS launch, too. So if you guys want to see that, please make sure to give me a like because I'm working on it. I'm working on all the logistics, working on all the logistics right now to get to the SLS launch. And we're figuring out where to stay, figuring out what to do. Um, I know a cool little hotel that I really enjoyed staying at last time I was down there for the uh, Starlink launch or the sorry, the crew Two launch. And um, I, I'm going to stay at that hotel again. And there's a really cool viewing area that I found that's pretty neat. So I might, I don't know if I can camp there, but I would rather camp at that place. But I don't know if that's a possibility. 
I might just sleep in my car. I don't know. I don't know if I can overnight sleep in my car, but I would love to sleep in my car, depending on when this launch is going to be. What the timing is going to be for SLS. Um, is there some test SpaceX has to do before they start the static fires of uh, booster number seven? Yeah, I believe they're going to have to do um, basically a whole battery of tests again. They're going to have to do everything they did before the engines were installed. I think they're going to have to do it again. So they're going to do ambient pressure tests. They're going to do um, cryo tests, things like that. And then they're going to have to, of course, um, do uh, igniter tests. So I think they're going to have to do a whole battery of a te of testing before they actually do the stack fire booster seven, just to make sure all the pipes work, just to make sure everything flows properly. Um, anything specific due to the engines, nothing that I know of other than the same things that they've done before for other static fires. So basically what I was saying before, cryogenic tests, uh, pressure tests, and uh, load tests, things like that. So I think I think those are what we're looking forward to, Tech 10. I think it's going to be uh, those those few tests, which could take weeks. So Elon said it'll be ready by July. And I, I think what he's saying is, look, we have this rocket and I believe it's ready to fly. We just have to do the tests. So the way he worded it was, um, it was very Elon-y. Elon esque. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. Elon esque. It's Elon time, right? So when he says something's ready by July, um, he think he knows that the the rocket is ready itself. You know, it's built, it's ready, it's gonna go to the pad, it's gonna do some testing. But how long will those tests take? Um, cryo proof tests possibly take four days, you know? So that's at least a week of cryo tests uh, just for the booster, too. So and I'm trying to be realistic with you guys, because I think I think you deserve it. I think you need somebody um, you don't need somebody. But I th I think there should be somebody out there that tells it like it is and tells it how, you know, how things will probably will probably happen due to the history of things that have happened in the past. Um, so I th what I think is going to happen is they're going to do. um pressure tests because that's what they've done in the past. They've pressure tests after they put the engines on, they have to make sure every single system works, every single system. They have to test all the computer systems that talk from the bay where they control stuff to the rocket. They have to test all that stuff. They have to test all the lines from the tank farm that go into a booster. Everything needs to be tested. Though it was tested before, it needs to be tested again. Because if something were to happen due to a failed test or just something not being tested in the right amount of time and something, you know, they just didn't check it out, then it could be catastrophic and they could rud this thing on the pad and that's not a good thing. So checking all the piping from the tank farm to the booster, everything, every single switch, every single gasket, everything has to be checked, maintained and uh, checked again. So I think that's going to happen. And I think they're going to move on from that to a cryo test. And that may only take a couple days. You know, like the, the ambient pressure test could only take a couple days. They did a, cry or a pressure test last night. 
Um, so today, I believe they're going to be doing the same thing, something similar, at least. Yeah, it's a cryo test from last night, and then they did some venting. So I think what they're going to do is, I think they're going to do kind of the same test today. I think they're going to take the the same procedures that they did yesterday, do it again just to make sure for redundancy's sake. And then from there, move on to the next set of tests. So right now we have, um, you know, the cryo test that happened last night, pressure tests, and then we'll move on to a cryo test next. And these, these tests, it's possible, they find something that's kind of a little bit weird with it, with the tests, with a booster or with any any pipe, anything in between that. The, the thing is massive. So, and there's just miles of cables and pipes down there. And the things that you don't see, the ground control systems, um, those things are being tested as well. Um, it looks like Booster 7's venting again right now as we speak during the, uh, I believe it's a pressure test that's happening right now, some sort of cryo or pressure test, uh, but they're loading cryogenic fuel and pressure pressurizing. So I think what's going to happen next is a cryo test, a full, full booster cryo test. You have to make sure that works. They may do a few of those, and that may take a week, possibly two. Possibly two. I always say possibly two, because if something is a little bit off during the first one, like if there's any sort of anomaly, they have to check it. And they have to make sure that they figure it out. And these people are working 24-7, so they have crews there all the time. You know, all the time. Um, so there's people, literally, I went there at 3 o'clock in the morning one night just to see what it was like to be there at three o'clock in the morning. And I was just, I was alone on the side of the road and I had my camera and I was filming a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put my camera away. This is just good. Like, I just want to be here and I want to be in the moment. I don't want to do any work. You know, <laughs> I was like, I come down here every day and I do it as a, you know, as a, as a job, I guess. Not a job. I love to do it. So it didn't seem like a test or like a job, but um, I would come down there every day and would film and stuff. But it was like three o'clock in the morning and I just hung out for a while. But there were people in and out of there all the time. There's photographers there all the time. There's robots filming all the time. So um, there's people constantly moving in and out of this place. And it's really cool. It's really cool to see. But if they do pressure tests this week, if they get them done, uh, today's Tuesday. So it's a possibility that they could get all their pressure tests done by the 1st of July. Or all their, yeah, all the pressure tests, all the load tests done by the 1st of July if they rush through it. I mean, there's some road closures coming up. Like I was saying before, there's some road closures for testing Wednesday, Thursday. And then if they get this done by Thursday, there's a possible closure on Thursday, the primary date. But then they have from Thursday until July 5th. So June 30th to July 5th, there's not going to be any testing because there's no road closures. As far as we know, they may change that. But I think what's going to happen is, you know, there's a July 4th thing going on. There's like, you know, people are going to be partying. <laughs> it's a whole thing. But also around this time is when Boca Chica Beach gets very busy. 
because of the 4th of July. People are on vacation. So people go to Boca Chica Beach to be at the beach. And there's a possibility that Elon and SpaceX worked with Cameron County to not have any testing going on between June 30th and July 5th for the 4th of July holiday. So if they don't get testing done um, the 30th of this month, they're going to have to wait about a week till July 5th for all this stuff. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit, it's going to be a little bit, but then they have to, you know, they have to do pressure tests. They have to do cryo tests. Like I said before, then they have to do that same sort of uh, thing with ship as well. Uh, but I don't think we're going to get a static fire until later in July. And I, I don't, I don't know when that's going to be. I wish I had a timeline for everybody here, but I think it's going to be later past the 15th of July for either ignite like an ignition tests first, and then a static fire of a few engines. And then they're going to, I think they're going to ramp it up from there and then start going buck wild after they have all the, all the cryo tests and stuff done. So, um, in and out says, what's the current thinking on Starship earlier commercial missions, Starlink, government, etc.? There's a whole, whole video I did about Starship and the Department of Defense the other day. That's like a 10 minute, 13 minute video or something. Uh, check that out if you're interested in the Department of Defense in Starship, because the Department of Defense is really interested in Starship for numerous reasons. Uh, mainly because it can transport things across the world in like an hour, you know? So whether it's tanks, whether it's, you know, anything the size of a bus, um, Starship can be configured to transport that. So if you think about it, humanitarian aid, Department of Defense stuff um, can bring in supplies to, you know, to soldiers, to people, peacekeeping soldiers, across the world in an hour or two um, and 737s or like a big, a big plane would take all day to get there, you know? So it's possible that they could use a starship for those kind of things and deploy land, either land a starship or is this going to be possible? So I thought about this too, and there's, this is a wild sci-fi thing. And if you think about this for a second, this might be, might be an interesting way to deploy um, not troops, because I think it'd be too much for troops, but a way to deploy supplies. And this is this is crazy if you think about it. But think about Starship getting to orbit, right? You know how there's the configuration for Starship, um, where the lid pops up and opens. NC Davis, thank you so much for that August 26th launch date, three dollar super chat. Thank you so much for that. Um, over under August 26th launch date. I think it's going to be after August 26th. Sometime after. Sometime after. But think about this. NC Davis, thanks again for that. I really do appreciate that. That keeps the channel going. Um, and if you want to keep the channel going, and if you want to have conversations like this, if you don't want to super chat, if you can't super chat, give a thumbs up, give a like to the video really helps out a ton shows YouTube that you're interested in Starship content and shows YouTube that you're interested in hanging out here. 
So thank you. I really do appreciate you. And uh, let's get back on topic here. Let's talk about the Department of Defense. Think about this for a second. What if you have to have a huge amount of things that you have to transport across the earth in a rapid amount of time? You know, it needs to be there within a day and a half. And you have to load it into a starship. Everything has to be in there. And you have to land it within a day and a half or something horrible happens wherever, you know, whatever it could be. Scenario. Starship launches to orbit. And the front of Starship, the flip top, if I don't know if you've seen the, the videos on uh, SpaceX's website, those animations of like the the flip, the front of this thing opening up to deploy satellites, etc. It's possible that they could deploy supplies in some sort of container with a parachute with star bricks on the bottom of it, and it could enter the atmosphere and land sort of like they do with a, a crewed mission. They could land in the ocean. They could come and get it. You know, they could go get it or they can land on land like they do with some uh, with some human missions. So. Is that a possibility? I think the Department of Defense is interested in something like that, too, because it would only take hours to get across the Earth, you know, as opposed to, you know, three, four days. So I think the Department of Defense is very interested in the Starship, because if you could deploy that much gear so rapidly, instead of the supply chain of from base to base to base across the Earth, if it's just, look, we got one giant base in... Texas or wherever, and we want to launch starships from there um, or, you know, Florida, wherever there's a possibility that the space force could launch starships as a, uh, as a war machine. So think about that for a second. How, how interesting is that as a, as a way to transport goods, not only just for war, but also if something happens, if there's a flood or if there's, um, a disaster of some sort, an earthquake, and you need tons and tons of cargo to get there immediately, food and water and supplies to keep these people alive, send a starship full, you know, send a full starship of goodies to those people. Take a, take a couple hours, you know, as opposed to a day, you know, and people's lives get saved because you're sending that so fast. So there's a, po there's a possibility. Now, Starlink... Yeah, send it up there as soon as possible. Um, I think the first Starship mission, I think they might try a Starlink deployment if all goes well, but it's not guaranteed, you know? So there's a possibility that they do a Starship deployment. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Or a Starlink deployment. I'm not sure. I hope they do. I think that would be pretty interesting. We all saw the, um, we all saw the Pez dispenser on Elon's uh, tweet there. So it looks like it's possible. It looks like they're into it, you know? Tekton says, Starship or SLS launch first? I talked about this a little bit earlier. I'm going SLS. I'm going SLS. Not because I don't like Starship, because I love Starship. But I, I think SLS is further along. There's not much left to do on SLS before uh, before they can launch it. You know, they're just taking it back into the vehicle assembly bay and then bringing it back out, basically. Late August. 
August 20th or July 26th through August 10th is one of the launch opportunities, but I think they're going to do August 23rd through September 6th. Those, those opportunities. There's your freedom package. Yeah. Ex yeah. I don't think they're going to need a starship for that tech then. I think they're going to need like, I think they already have that covered. Um, what if they connect 33 Raptors directly to the tank farm? Um, <laughs> that's a good, that's a, that's a good question. I don't know, to be honest with you. Uh, do they need to send a, an overpressure warning when they test the igniters? I don't believe so because they did one the other day. They did an igniter test the other day and it was just late at night. It was just a quick, there was no fuel. They just test the igniters. So. I don't think there's no no reason to have a pressure warning. So I think if they're going to do a another igniter test, it'll just be a quick chunk, 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 and then it's done. Now we're in 97 likes. Three more, we hit 100. I would love that. That would be really, really helpful for the channel. Really helpful for me to continue doing coverage like this about Starship and the continuing progression of SpaceX down in Boca Chica Beach at Starbase, Texas. Possible closures, road closures coming up, meaning possible tests coming up June 29th, June 30th, July 5th, and July 6th. If they get done what they need to get done today, possibly no testing tomorrow, and then they'll move on to Thursday, June 30th. Again, thank you so much for all the likes. It's really helpful. I mean, they're, they're free. They take a second. And thanks to all the new subscribers today, too. Thank you so much for everybody who's helped out. And Deb Hall, thanks for the super chat. And NC Davis, thanks for the super chat as well. Appreciate you. Very happy to be here. And if you have any questions, make sure to chat them up. How many KFC wings could you launch to my backyard on Starship? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. Screaming in my basement. Hey, uh, I have heard Elon has done some things. I know he's not perfect, but do you think he's not a bad guy? I don't believe that that flight attendant thing because there was no evidence as of I know. Um, so anything like that, like the flight attendant stuff, um, I don't know anything. Like, I don't know personally anything about it, so I can't really talk about it. Uh, I can't speak on it because I wasn't there basically. So, um, so here's my take on Elon. If you guys want to know my honest answer about Elon, we made a hundred likes. So thank you. Before I get into that, thank you so much for everybody who's liked the video today, like the stream commentary will continue. And they're still doing pressure testing and, uh, loading up some stuff right now on uh, booster seven hundred likes. Wow. That's so cool. Thank you, everybody. So, Here's the here's the thing about Elon. Elon is a force of nature. Elon is unlike anybody else out there right now. He's very driven. He works constantly. 
he like you know there's there's times where he said he slept on the floor at SpaceX he slept on the floor at at Tesla to get things done you know he knew that he had he only had x amount of time to get things done and if he slept on the floor then he could get those things done so there was a um you know there's a couple of articles written about Elon that were saying you know that he's a horrible human being there's there's all sorts of all sorts of things like that coming out of, against him tons of smear articles smear campaigns against him of course people click on them it makes you have to think about the motivation for those people too you click on a headline because you're like ooh i'm so mad you know why do you think social media exists it doesn't exist anymore in the pure form that it used to be social media used to be about sharing ideas. The internet used to be about sharing ideas, information, and, um, you know, just like papers, newspapers and news, uh, channels used to do all the time. There was, you know, extra, extra read all about it. You've heard that saying before, hopefully these people would say that, you know, the, the newsboys would say that because they had to get your attention. They were trying to sell a paper and the more outlandish the headlines were, the more you would buy that paper and the more money that that paper would make, right? The news outlet. So trying to make these big headlines, they would make these outrageous claims. Um, and people do that all the time with, with people in the public eye, you know, you've seen it about everything like the, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing. Like there were so many negative articles about both of them, um, into smear campaigns for both of them. And it's like they're those papers don't care. Like the the news outlets don't care about that story. They just care about the clicks that go to their sites. Because every click that comes through, every ten, every one thousand clicks that come through, they make twelve dollars or whatever. You know, whatever it is. So their CPM possibly is pretty high if they get and if they get millions of views per day to one of those articles, they're making bank, man. They're making bank. They're paying. They're putting people on payroll. They're giving the executives raises. They're making tons of money. So the things, the negative things about Elon, I'm always kind of hesitant to believe any of them until they're proven positive. You know, if somebody somebody comes out with a, a claim about Elon, I'm just going to wait till kind of they figure it out, and then once they do figure it out, then I'll be like, oh yeah, that happened. But I can't really say anything about him as a person. He seems like he's an okay dude. Like I would hang out with him. I'd feel like an idiot because he's super smart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I couldn't even I could probably carry on a little conversation with him about rockets, but my conversation to him would be like, "Hey dude, how cool is it that you have a giant rocket? Like how cool is it that we're going to go to Mars someday? Like people are going to go to Mars." That's pretty sweet, right? Like that's my conversation with Elon. And then he'd be like, yeah, you know, he'd probably look at me like an idiot. <laughs> so be like, all right, all right, man, this is not cool. And then I would just feel so weird. You know, like I'm awkward anyway. Like in in uh, you know, in um social situations, I'm pretty awkward. So being in an awkward conversation with another awkward person, Elon's pretty awkward. Um, but not knowing the things that he knows. And being, you know, in a conversation with somebody, pretty much the, the most powerful person on earth that's not a leader of a country, um, it would be it would be intimidating, 
but I think I would shake his hand, you know, like if I met him and I would shake his hand and say, Hey, thanks for doing what you're doing. I think it's pretty cool. Um, can I get a selfie? <laughs> That's pretty much it. I'd be like, Hey, can I get a, I think it'd be pretty cool to get a selfie. And then <laughs> that's all as far as we go. But as a, as a person, I don't know, like, I don't know how he is. He has a bunch of different personas. He has his, you know, we're going to Mars and we're doing all the cool things to go to Mars. Everything's cool. And then, you know, there's the other part of him. That's like, we're going to fire people if they don't come to work 40 hours a week. Like the, these are the rules of the company. And if you don't abide by those rules, you get fired. But that's exactly how every other company works. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't make any sense because, and that was just recently that Elon said that about SpaceX and about Tesla. It's like, Hey, you got to be in your office 40 hours a week. It's like, yeah, if I was working at any other company and they said that I'd be like, Oh yeah, I don't want to lose my job. Like I'm going, I'm going to work, you know, I'm not going to be a baby about it. Like, dude, I got this cool opportunity to be part of the future of humanity. Of course, I'm going to go back to work. I kind of like the office. It makes me feel less awkward because I'm around people and I get used to people. So it's kind of nice to be in an office, but also some people were kind of, you know, the, the lead engineers and stuff are like, I actually get more done when I'm working at home. Why can't I work at home? Which totally makes sense because I'm the same way. If I go into an office, there's all sorts of other distractions. People come over to your desk all day. You know, they tap you on the shoulder and go, hey, can we talk real quick about something? And then they put you in a meeting for like 30 minutes when the meeting could have just been a text or a chat. Yeah, those kind of things happen. And then you're like, what? So now I got to stay an extra 30 minutes to make up the work that because you don't know how to communicate, I have to go into an office with you? So I can understand where people would be upset about that because I kind of would be too, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. What if the only reason Elon is making space is, is a talk with alien friends from Alpha Centauri? It's possible. You know, it's possible that we could eventually see communication with aliens. I mean, I don't put it out of the realm of possibilities. I mean, there's, there's a possibility of all that stuff. Um, is there proof though? That's the X-Files theme song, by the way. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So we'll see what happens. I mean, is, is it possible that Starship could launch something towards Alpha Centauri? Yeah, totally. Is Starship going to make it to Alpha Centauri? That would be sweet. That would be really, really cool if that were to happen. If we were to launch a full starship to Alpha Centauri, it would take a while to get there. I think it's what, a hundred light years away or something? Or is it it's not that far, right? How many light years? Years is Alpha Centauri. Oh, it's only four point three six seven light years away. How long would that take? How long? Long to get to Alpha Centauri. It's 40 trillion kilometers away. The fastest spacecraft ever launched, NASA's German Helios probes, traveled at 250,000 kilometers per hour. At that speed, it takes would take the probe 18,000 years. <laughs> if he's using the Starship to get to Alpha Centauri to talk to his buddies, Elon's going to be really old by the time he gets there. 
V needs to go home. 18,000 years. Holy cow. That's insane. That's so much time. <laughs> that's so much time. I'm like, man, what am I going to do next Tuesday? You know, that's the, that's kind of the thinking for humans, though. You know, we don't really think thousands of years into the future. Like, what's going to happen 100 years from now? You know, we're probably going to have a space colony somewhere in 100 years. Probably going to have a moon colony. Um, you know, the technology for humanity just went crazy once we got... Um, once we this new technology age, computers and stuff started happening. Looks like there's road, there's people on the road driving past the launch site right now. A bunch of people actually. I just saw four cars passing the launch site IRL in real time. So testing may be done. Let me check my road closures. I don't see that the road closures have stopped, but it looks like the there have been vehicles, three vehicles just passed by that went down to the launch site. Interesting. If we see more vehicles, it means that the road is open again. I haven't gotten a notice yet. I have the notices on my phone that if the road opens back up. Yeah, 18,000 years. <laughs> come on man um what are the current trendy style points uh for space rockets that you might see on the rocket fashion show Ooh, that's a good one um i don't know i think sleek and slender curves um also i think they're i think the trending fashion is uh steel we're looking at steel now for this uh for this season and possibly we're looking for uh maybe a, a bigger a bigger style, you know, something a little bit more boisterous than last season. Uh, we're looking at things that are taller. We're looking at things that are wider, rounder. So I think during this next this next cycle for rockets, things are just going to get big. Each astronaut says road isn't open, just workers to pad for something. That's what I was hoping, because I'm I really want this to to continue. I want this testing to continue. Think if humanity goes extinct now, I'd honestly be not that sad about it. We have already accomplished so many things as a species, but screaming in my basement, how much more could we do? Fear of missing out. How much more could we do? Like we had such little time here. We are just a blip. Like no, nobody's even going to care. Like once humanity, and like this is a sad thing. This is a very sad thing. Think about this for a second, screaming in my basement. This is why every day I wake up and I go, I'm going to do something that I've never done before or something that I need to accomplish because I don't have much time. I have 70 years, maybe. If I get lucky, I have 70 years. Who knows? Who absolutely knows? Nobody knows how much time they have here. But how much time does humanity have? We don't know. You know, there's a possibility an asteroid could hit us, whatever. So we haven't done much and we could do more. So the thing is, if Elon is correct and something does happen, you know, we need to get out to the stars. We need to get away. 
Because if something were to happen, like we need to have consciousness, we have to have humanity someplace else so we can continue, you know? And if we're literally the only beings that have ever experienced consciousness like this, um, in the way that we build, you know, we're kind of parasites. We take all the resources from the earth or from our planet or whatever planet we're going to, and we're going to take it and we're going to build. We're going to take it and we're going to build. We're going to take it and we're going to build. We're going to go to an asteroid. We're going to take those asteroids. We're going to chop them up. And we're going to build something with them. Go to the moon. In situ moon base. Using the resources of the moon, we're going to make a moon base. So I think there's so much more we can accomplish. I don't think I'd be happy. You know, in the next 100 years from now, imagine imagine 100 years ago. You know, in the 1800s, people were still savages. People were still savages. They were fighting with swords. They're fighting with spears and swords and like bows. So <laughs> 1700s, you know, it's 1500s, things like that, like medieval times. Think about how crazy it's been just in the last hundred years, what's happened. And if we can do that sort of leap from like the industrial age to the computer age, and eventually we'll get to the next age, whatever that's going to be, that might be, that might take us a hundred years or it might take 400 years, 500 years, a thousand years, depending on you know, how fast we advance, but it's going to be crazy in the next, even in the next year or two to see these rockets launch, because that's literally the next phase of human evolution. This is the, this is the beginning because we're going to start sending people to other planets. And when we send those people to other planets, they're not going to be humans anymore. They're not going to be the same human as humans were on earth eventually they're going to eventually become something else and this is my sci-fi brain going to work here is that you know we'll adapt we'll overcome we always have we always will you know just i don't know before medicine people used to die when they're like 20 years old people used to die when they're 10 all the time because you get a cut and then you die like you stub your toe, get a broken foot, you can't run, so you can't run away from a tiger or whatever. Then you die. It's not like that anymore. We figure things out. You get a cut on your hand. You're like, oh, well, that's not good. Whatever. I still have to hunt. I still have to pick berries. I still have to forage. I still have to survive. So those people are not the same people as us. They're not living the same life. And people 100 years from now, they're not going to be living the same life that we live because they're going to be something else than us. They're going to have technology that's absolutely, we won't even understand what it's going to be like. It's like when I talk to my dad, he's 82 years old. I tell him things about my phone, like, yeah, I have GPS on my phone. He doesn't know what GPS is. He doesn't understand it. And I'm like, yeah, there's a map on my phone. And as I'm driving, my phone knows exactly where I am and what the road looks like. And if there's traffic ahead or if there's construction ahead or if there are cops ahead or if there's something going on, my phone knows this. 
in the people that were the generations before us, you know, um, they don't know these things. You know, my dad, he's from a different generation where you could buy a house when you're 20 years old on your part-time job. You know, you can't do that anymore. You have a part-time job, you're barely living. You'll never buy a house if you have a part-time job. You have to have a full-time job. And even then, you're going into massive debt to buy a house. So he thinks if you're not married with kids, <laughs> with, a house, with a house at like 30, then like you're doing it wrong. It's like, no, dude, it's just different now. You know, like that's pretty cool. It's neat to find the person, you know, your person. But it's different now. And the technology that we move forward with, you know, whether it's something better than our cell phones now, which is, you know, we, we think about it sometimes as this is like the new iPhone, you know, it's going to be lighter. It's going to be better. It's going to be faster. It's, but that's just iterative. The first iPhone is not that good anymore. It's horrible. And that wasn't that long ago. I'm, it's only the iPhone 13 at this point. Imagine the iPhone 200, you know, what's that going to be like? What are the Apple AR glasses going to be like? How much is that going to change us? You know, those kind of things. Um, you know, is is uh, our hum humans going to be part of technology? I mean, we kind of are already. We're in the very baby stages of being part of technology and technology being part of us. We carry our phones everywhere. We have uh, smart watches. We have headphones with no cords anymore, no cables. So going to uh going to the you know going to outer space and having other people that are not human anymore that's the future and that's in that's you know a couple hundred years down the line it's possible and this is we're literally watching it happen right now we're part of this it's crazy the apollo missions we thought that was going to be where we start you know, sending people out to space, have moon bases. And it kind of was, you know, it showed people that it's possible. You know, it's possible that we can go to the stars, we can reach the moon, but that's just literally the next stop. You know, like that's a, that's a gas station, you know, like that's down the street. You're like, oh, I got to go out of town. So I'm going to get gas before I go out of town. So you stop at that gas station or charge your car or whatever, you know, whatever, if you have an EV. So, you fuel up and then you go someplace else. You go far, far away. Right now you drive five hours. That's a long road trip. That's a pretty good road trip. But if you do a five-day road trip, um, that's pretty far. That's across, like halfway across the United States. If you do seven or eight days, there you go. You made it to California from New York. But in the future, we're going to be like, oh yeah, you got to go to Alpha Century? Cool. Well, let's bend some space time <laughs> and let's let's see what happens. Or might not even send people there. That's where VR and AR and probes, you know, robots go. The robots go to a place, they map the place, and um, you know, we have real-time weather, we have real-time whatever, you know, we have real-time pressure, real-time weather etc but we never send a person there we just send light we send information to there so we can kind of beam in like star trek but not 
our actual bodies beaming in, but a replica of some sort, some sort of hologram. But we can feel like we're there because we have our VR goggles on. You know, we have our VR life and you could walk around on the moon. You can walk around on Mars or wherever you want to go. But we'd have to send probes there first. So this is the beginning of all that stuff. This is like forward thinking. Elon's thinking forward because he's like, man, we got to get off this planet. We got to get far, far away. Because if something happens to this planet, at least we have a backup. The redundancy that we all learned is really good. Back up your stuff to the cloud. But instead of backing your stuff up to the cloud, you're backing humanity up past the clouds, past the atmosphere, past Earth's gravity well, and further off into the solar system, and then further off into the galaxy. It's a possibility in the next hundreds of years that that happens. And then we get to the moon, the HLS program, um, in the early 2030s. You know, we may have a base taking a look at Artemis, um, the Artemis timeline here. There's the gateway uh, habitat launching in 2027. Uh, lunar surface landing for Artemis 3 possible in 2026. Um, maybe, maybe 2030, more like it probably than 2031 um, airlock for the gateway, things like that. And then we eventually land and start building on the moon. Pretty crazy. It's it's there's a lot of things to think about. Um, Tech 10 says, where would we be today if industrial revolution happened during the Roman empire instead of it collapsing? Yeah. And think about all the civilizations that could have been, you know, because everyone was at war. It seemed like everybody just wanted to fight all the time back then, didn't it? Like the only thing you think about, the only thing you really read about and the history lessons from that, from those times were this place conquered this place. And then this place conquered this place. And it's like, but what else happened? Like, you know, there's, there's science that happened. There's technology that happened. All the fun stuff. Hello from Brevard County, Florida. John, I will be in Florida for the SLS launch. So if you're going to be at the SLS launch, SLS launch would be cool to give you a high five or a bumpy nucks. Would be cool. Would be cool to hang out. I'm trying to get a, a crew together. We're going to try to work with a couple other YouTubers and try to get a crew together for the SLS launch. So we're going to have some parties and stuff. I think it'd be really fun. I know Debs, uh, we talked about this a long, long time ago when Artemis was just a beginning thing. And when I was going to go to Florida, we were just like, hey, let's go get a burger at this burger joint and just have a party, man. I think that'd be really fun. Um, Tech Tan says, I heard about a theoretical method to send information somewhere instantly without the restriction of the speed of light that some uh, scientists found out. Ooh. Hmm. I even think if you could send information to the, the speed of light to the stars, you know, anywhere in the stars, like if you only have to go, if you only have to send information, it would kind of, you know, it, it's a long time even going to uh, Alpha Centauri, four and a half years or so, light years. What's the difference between 
you know, if, if theoretically you can go faster than the speed of light, if they figure that out, then bye-bye Einstein. This is a whole new thing. I mean, the, you know, the, um, instant transportation of, um, what's it called? Uh, I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> Why can't I think about it? I, I keep thinking nano something, but it's not nano. Anyway, instant transportation of atoms, basically. Um, I mean, that's a possibility. What am I thinking about? A burger at Kennedy along with 200,000 people at a launch and try to find each other? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Dude, uh, it's going to be hectic for these launches, man. I might not be in all of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I might not go to, like, the spot for this launch because that's going to be insane, man. So I might find a spot like a little bit further away. I have a giant lens on my camera, so I can get a pretty good view of this thing from pretty far away. So I'm thinking I might just like skip all the traffic. Or just like find a homie to like camp in their backyard or something. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it all out. The logistics of this is for somebody like myself, who's an enthusiast, who is a reporter for all this stuff, is a podcaster, whatever. Um, yeah, just, it's insane. It's insane how much this stuff actually, how, how much time this stuff takes to figure out. So, yeah. Also, if you, um, if you like podcasts, this will be on an audio format. If you want to listen to it later, uh, check out Elon Musk podcast. It's an Elon Musk pod basically, uh, where I do all of these shows, but I post them up on it and the YouTube app or on the, um, on all podcast apps. So if you can hit that up and we have other episodes available in audio that aren't on here that are specifically about Elon as well. So anything that we do on here, I post it up to that podcast, the Elon Musk podcast. So check that out. Pretty cool. I like it. It's fun. I like to do it over there. We have a pretty good following and yeah, that's sort of the, the other way to, uh, generate revenue so I can continue doing these things. So if you could, that would be great if you could subscribe over there. Or if you just want to hit the like button on this YouTube channel, that'd be freaking sweet. So thank you. Uh, screaming in my basement. Hello from West Africa. Oh, wow. That's cool. It's cool. I, see, that's the other thing about YouTube is that I love that it brings so many people with the same interest together. That's the reason why I started this show. I started this channel because I had interest in spaceflight that nobody else did around my town or around this area or astronomy. Actually, it started with astronomy and I was like, there's nobody else around here with a telescope other than me. I'm like the only weirdo. So, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool to start this thing and become part of this community and then like be so welcomed with open arms from so many people and then just becoming friends with people, you know, um, Let's see if we see if this discord is available here too. Let's see if that command works. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe not. Uh, I'll get a link to the discord as well for you, by the way. Um, yeah, it should work. There you go. Spaceflight discord 
Discord. Click that. Join our Discord. We have a cool crew of people. We have, I don't even know how many people we have in there, but it's pretty chill. So if you want just like a place to hang out and, um, you know, chat when we're not in YouTube land, this, the Discord is a pretty cool place. We're starting to uh, take other people's news and uh, other people's opinions and stuff and trying to figure out all the fun stuff to do together. But we have a decent amount of people here on our Discord. So please, if you can, just uh, stop by, say hi. I'm trying to figure out how many people are in the community here. We need a thousand members on our Discord to get into the community. And then we need, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. A thousand people in our Discord. Debs, thanks for that shout out on Discord too. I didn't even post it. I'm going to give you a little hot dog on there. Um, Will, did you move from Texas? Yes, Jordan, I did. Um, I moved back to New York to help take care of my dad. So I'm here for now. But I am uh, I am uh, going to make trips. So for any sort of launches or stuff like that, I'm going to be making trips. So every, I don't know, every few months, every three, four months or something, I'll take a trip, probably four months, take a trip back down to Starbase for a week or so and get as much footage as I can during the kind of events stage. So... Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty cool. And plus, over here in New York, I have access to the eastern seaboard. So that means I can basically like drive down the East Coast to Florida and see some launches. So I might actually do that in the next. I don't know. When's the next launch? When are a few launches coming up? Um, let's see. Where when are the next big launches? There's a Rocket Lab launch as a Falcon 9, Block 5, coming up June 29th. Let's see, when's the next SpaceX launch? There's a Starlink launch in Vandenberg, California. Kennedy Space Center, CRS SPX 25, July 14th. Maybe we should maybe we should do that. What do you guys think about going down there for a resupply mission to the International Space Station? That'd be cool, man. July 14th. Let's let's plan on it. That's gonna be hot though. Seem to be a hot one. Let's sort of pseudo plan on that. What do you guys think? Do you think we should go down to um, go down to uh, the Cape for the CRX mission? CRS SPX 25, July 14th. Let's kind of plan on it, but also there's a starship that's being built. So I got to pick my, pick my battles here, you know? <laughs> 